Hey everyone, my name is Nate Baker and welcome to another episode of the RCC Student Podcast. I'm here joined with Zach Whitmore, our junior high director. Hey Nate, how's it going? Going well, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Oh good. And today we're going to continue our journey through the book of Philippians. Mm. Today we're continuing in chapter 1, starting in verses 12 through 18. So let's read this together. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. There's a lot of awesome stuff in this section. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to pray and then dig right into it. So let's pray. Father, we just ask that today you would uh, teach us something new about yourself, Lord. Cause us to see what your rich word has in store for us, how we can learn from it, how it can edify us and uh, and build up your church, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So this passage is, is really cool, and it kind of assumes that you know some of what's happening. And that's, that, that's what verse 12 does. I, I'm just going to read that real quick, and then we're going to touch on some of the context, because uh-huh. it's really important for understanding this passage. Yeah. Verse 12 says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And that the clue that, that signals to you, hey, you need to look at the context, is the phrase, what has happened to me. Paul is writing this letter from prison. And that's clear from this passage. Verse 7. Uh, yeah, back in verse 7. Uh, also in verse 13, he says, um, uh, to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Uh-huh. And that was a, a literal imprisonment. Uh, he was probably imprisoned in Rome and because he was in Rome, he was a Roman citizen, he would have been afforded the opportunity uh, to be under what, what we would call today house arrest mm-hmm. of sorts. So he's probably writing from this imprisonment where he is in a home, but he has a Roman guard with him. And actually something really interesting, it was custom at this time for a prisoner to literally be chained by the wrist to his guard. Yeah. So Paul would have been just under watch all the time by Talk this guy. Talk about lack of privacy. Right. All the time you are with this person. He's in prison. And that's normally not a very good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I generally don't want to go to prison. We talk about prison as a bad thing. Yeah. I think about what has happened mm-hmm. to him. Uh, looking elsewhere in his second letter to the Corinthians, this is what Paul writes, that he experienced far more imprisonments with countless beatings and often near death. Five times 
I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. So those are some of the things that have happened to Paul. And so he's writing in this prison uh, under house arrest, just like Zach said. And whenever he says, I want you to know that what has happened to me, that phrase right there, what has happened to me, carries such rich meaning. Mm -hmm. So much has happened to Paul. Yeah. And yet the terrible things that happened to him served a greater purpose. And that's a purpose that we'll get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, In verse 13 and, and 14, it talks about what the purpose was. But what I'd love to do right now, Zach, is just focus on this truth that's taught throughout the scriptures. It's a truth that Pastor Matt summarized like this. God is loving enough and powerful enough to bend everything for his glory and for my good. Mm. You could also think about it like this. God uses everything, including evil and suffering, Mm. for his glory and for his people's ultimate good. Mm-hmm. A couple examples of this in the Old Testament, there's a man named Joseph and his brothers did some terrible things to him. Faked his death. Yeah. Terrible, evil things. But in Genesis fifty twenty, this is what Joseph says. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Mm-hmm. In Romans eight twenty eight, we see a similar phrase. Paul writes, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So there is this truth throughout the scriptures that God bends all things for the good of his people and for his own glory. And we can certainly see that here where Paul is saying, yes, I've I've gone through a lot. But I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served a higher purpose. Yeah, it's it's a it's a constant working of God in every situation, in every circumstance. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how big or how how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. I love that truth of Romans 8, 28. Yeah. But it is it is really hard truth, isn't it? To to say Hey, everything that happens, God uses for the good of those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. That's a hard thing, yeah. especially for those who are going through difficult things. Yeah. Yeah. What's even crazier to me is that somebody who is in the middle of all of that stuff would write this letter, yeah. which is... <clears throat> often called the the most joyful letter of the entire Bible. Yeah. Written from prison. Yeah. We can see even in this passage, I'll skip ahead just a little bit. Towards the end of it, Paul oh. says, In that I rejoice. Yeah. Yes, and I will rejoice. Yeah. And then again in Philippians four he repeats 
and it says, I will rejoice again. I say, I, I will rejoice. Right. It is a joyful letter uh-huh. written from prison. Uh-huh. That doesn't make much sense. Right. Uh, but as Paul talks about in Philippians 4, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Yeah. So what Paul's going through, though, yes, he's probably in pain. He's He's had a lot of trouble. He's not a young dude anymore. Right. He's approaching the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And all of it, he says, is used for God's glory, for God's purpose. And in this case, it's to bring the gospel to Rome. Right. He says, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard mm-hmm. and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. It was because of Paul's suffering that the message of the good news of Jesus spread to them. Yeah. It was because of his imprisonment that these the whole imperial guard was able to have knowledge that Paul's imprisonment is for Christ, that he lives for Christ, uh, that, that God is working through his imprisonment. And then in verse 14, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So most of them became confident because of Paul's imprisonment. They're no longer afraid to talk about Jesus with others. This is a win in Paul's book. This is worth the the worst sufferings. Mm-hmm. This is worth going to prison because the gospel is being declared to people. Yeah, I I think about trying to contextualize this to where we are today. What if what if Pastor Matt was put in prison right. for preaching the gospel? How would we react? Well, I can't imagine knowing knowing River Lakes, knowing Christians, I can't imagine we would react by just hiding. What would probably happen is exactly what happened with the people in Paul's day. We would be on fire and and ready to preach the gospel. The imprisonment of Paul is the catalyst for something that God does. And I imagine that the people preaching, there were a lot of people saved through that. Yeah. If Paul was never imprisoned, that Praetorian guard, that, that imperial guard, they probably would have not heard the gospel had Paul not been imprisoned. That's just a perfect example of God using something that is the result of, of sin, right? The sin of the government, the sin of, of these people, of the Jewish leadership for, for rejecting Christ, rejecting Messiah, persecuting Christians. He's using that for good. And for Paul, this was worth any amount of suffering, like mm-hmm. we've said, and and why I think in verse 18, which we'll get to here shortly, we see that Christ being proclaimed brings Paul joy. Mm-hmm. It's supremely important to Paul that Christ is proclaimed. And so, again, he's willing to go through this arrest uh, for for the sake of God's greater purposes, and it brings him joy. What I would like to do next is just read through the next several verses, uh, 15 through 17. Let's Let's read these together. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So Paul talks about two different types of people who preach the gospel. One group preaches the gospel, quote unquote, from goodwill. So these people are preaching the gospel because God has changed their life and they want 
the truth of the Bible to be delivered to all people so that many of them will receive Jesus as their savior. It says that they do it out of love, knowing that this is what Paul says, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Hmm. But then there's this other group and the other group preaches the gospel from quote unquote envy and rivalry. It says they proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but wanting to cause trouble for Paul in his imprisonment. They want to afflict him. And at first, to me, this was pretty shocking. I I would ask, you know, who would want to take advantage of Paul's imprisonment? Who would want to preach about Christ in order to somehow hurt Paul while he's in prison? Well, to that, I think that we know that there were people who disagreed with Paul's theology. Mm. Paul warned the Romans at the end of his letter to them to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Um, we also see Paul addressing certain claims, uh, counter arguments throughout his letters, especially in the book of Romans, to where mm. there were early people in, in the early church uh, or Jewish leaders who uh, were not on board with Paul's theology uh, and just didn't like him, quite frankly. We also know that God gave Paul great success in spreading the gospel and in winning people over for faith in Christ. And so I think it's possible that these people Paul's referring to, this group of people who didn't like him, who didn't like Paul, They wanted to take advantage of this time that he was away in prison by preaching the gospel and winning people over themselves. Mm -hmm. So this group wasn't preaching the gospel because they truly love Jesus, but because they wanted to outperform someone else. This has, I think, a great point of application for us today. Why do we serve in ministry? Is it for some selfish reason, like being seen by others or comparison, or is it out of a legitimate love for God and his people? I think we should all ask ourselves this. That's a great point of application. I hadn't thought of that very much. Yeah. To, yeah, the the motivation, the heart behind service. If you're a part of a church and you're serving in a particular role, exercising the gifts that God's given you for the glory of his kingdom— uh, yeah, I can see how how it'd be really bad to to do so just for your own gain to to be yeah. recognized by people, yeah. and I, I can imagine that that would be, you know, if you're wondering, hey, I wonder if that's me. Just take a look at your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you get upset about right. when you're serving? Are you upset that people don't want to do things your way? Mm. Are you upset that? Uh, you're not given the role that you want in particular. Maybe you're not given the role up front on stage. Are you serving for yourself or are you serving for Christ? Mm. Paul was willing to undergo anything in service of Christ. Do you want to read the last verse for us, Zach? Yeah, I'd love to. Philippians 1.18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed And in that, I rejoice. What seems to be happening is there are people who, they want some gain out of this. They want to take some of the ground that Paul has eaten up, uh, and they want some fame maybe from it. Mm -hmm. Paul doesn't care. 
<laughs> he wants the gospel to be preached. Yeah. He's not so self-absorbed in his fame. You got to understand, Paul was a, probably a really well-known dude. He was writing letters to churches. He was a church founder. A lot of people would call him the father of their church. <laughs> he does not see this happening and try to reclaim that ground or grab up the disciples who are leaving his fold. No, he says, I don't care. I only care that the gospel is yeah. preached. And that's the heart that, that Christian leaders, that Christians should have today. We shouldn't be concerned with who gets the glory here on earth as long as Christ is preached. Yeah. The glory ultimately needs to go to Christ. Yeah, he's saying even though these people want to hurt me and, and my ministry mm-hmm. work that I'm doing, Christ is still being spread. And so that's a win. And I think just like you pointed out, this says something about his heart, his devotion to Christ. Because whenever other people were immaturely comparing themselves to Paul out of rivalry, it says, he didn't give in. Mm. As long as Christ is proclaimed, I am happy. He loved Jesus that much. Christ was that important to him. Is that what we would do in, in the same situation? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to listening to the next episode on this because the next section of Philippians is just incredible. Mm. Uh, it's it, it, verse 21 in the next section. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. Paul, I mean, to put it bluntly, he doesn't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. He only cares about Jesus Christ. And through that, he obviously loves others Uh and and cares for others. But ultimately, his greatest care is for Christ. That's awesome, Zach. Yeah. Do you mind praying for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, thank you for your word. And I just want to lift up the students and families listening right now. Though persecution today might look a little bit different, it it still happens. In different forms, students might be ostracized for their faith. They might be cast out or made fun of. Whatever other ways that that persecution happens, Lord, I just pray that you would cover them with your grace. And Lord, I pray that you would teach and train young men and women today to have you as the center of their lives, as the most important thing, the most, the most satisfying thing in their entire lives. So that when these trials come, so that when the temptations come, so that when suffering comes, they would remain steadfast, devoted to you, so that they could say, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that, I rejoice. I pray that we would rejoice in the preaching of the gospel, that we would participate and and do it ourselves, that we would tell others the good news. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the RCC Student Podcast. Throughout life, whenever you face evil and experience suffering, remember that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye!